Our summer book club is in full swing. This whole month, our picks come from some of our producers behind the scenes here at The Takeaway. Senior producer Mary Harris chose Daniel Wilson's Robopocalypse. And this is a book that builds off a long tradition of thrillers about artificial intelligence gone very wrong. Replicants are like any other machine. They're either a benefit or a hazard. How could that man just get up after you did? It's not a man. Machine. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. All right, but this book... Mary's a robot, you know. takes... Mary Harris is a robot? She is a robot. I had no yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. Amazingly Very life-like. sophisticated. It, it, it's odd you know. they choose to put freckles on their robot. Uh, anyway, the That's book... That's easy. That's the easy part. The freckles. book takes the idea of artificial intelligence and leaps it forward. This is not the story of a cold-hearted machine, cold and calculating, arithmetic-based machine bent on wiping out mankind. This is about, really, the sanctity of life. The will to survive and what both people and machines will do to maintain life. Author and roboticist. Roboticist first, right, Daniel? Uh, author first these okay. days. Yeah. Daniel Wilson contributes to this American tradition. His new book is called Robopocalypse, and he joins us in the studio. And you based the story on a, an idea of oral history. So we know the end of the story at the beginning. Well, you know that uh, someone is telling the story that has survived the war. But you don't really know how exactly how it's turned out, you know. Um, yeah, or how it started. Yeah, or how it started. I mean, you you might think that I give away the ending, but you got to consider: Did you really think that every human would be dead at the end of the book? No, <laughs> you know, so, no, of course not. Right. Although you know you could have done it that I way. Guess so. But to a certain extent, it really reads like a movie script. And I'm wondering if you were conscious of that as you're writing. I mean, Steven Spielberg has already said that he would direct it already, so it's destined for movie. You know. But Seen any you money were, yet from Spielberg? A <laughs> little, little bit of scratch. A little bit of scratch, yeah. <laughs> what, were you writing it that way? You know, I, I really wasn't. I didn't intentionally send it out to to L.A. or to Hollywood or to any of the studios. I was trying to uh, get it published. And then some of the pages got leaked, and so they called me. And so I think that maybe that's just my writing style is, is kind of visual. And so that's the reason that, that it was so easy for them to see it as a movie. Um, so I think that's the order that Well, congratulations. That Daniel yeah. Wilson is the author of Robopocalypse, which is uh, the first selection in our uh, summer book club here on The Takeaway. You know, how do you steer clear of the tiresome sort of Star Trek emotion versus logic <laughs> episode issue when you get into robots discovering the sanctity of life, that kind of thing? I spend a lot of time building robots and, and learning about them, and it's hard, you know? And, and at the end of it, I think you end up with a real respect for robots. And I wouldn't write any robots that are completely dependent on humankind either way, like that they either want to wipe us out or they want to become us. You part, know? Of, part of the issue with robots, uh, you know, at, at, at places that build them, is that humans, because they love animation, for instance, are inclined to actually give human attributes to robots even when they aren't there. Yeah, absolutely. And we see faces in clouds and taco shells and, and all that stuff. So we naturally uh, anthropomorphize all basically everything we interact with and that actually makes a roboticist's job a lot easier what, what's interesting to me though is is the way in which you you portray a, a completely different kind of humanity is the best word i can think of but the robots they're not as you say they're not trying to be human they have their own personality and and they're they seem to be fine being something other and and what's the most fascinating one is the relationship between the japanese roboticist and his wife who is a robot, but they share a very tender, moving, emotional relationship. 
Yeah, it's uh, so that's Takeo, and he has a companion robot, so it's not a sexual thing. And you know, he actually really loves this robot, and and he's not interested in saving humankind. He's interested in saving robot kind and figuring out why they're attacking people and how to stop it. So Although he does save uh, uh, thousands of people. Well, he does, and I mean that's. And it was really fun, actually, to be able to hit that from to have a Japanese character in Japan and to have characters in the United States and characters in the UK and in Afghanistan so that I could really approach it from a lot of different angles. Because in the United States, you're not going to find people who just naturally love the, the robot. That's just not really going to be that common. Although it's also interesting that you visit with the Osage tribe who seem to be just set up by their culture to be able to outlast this menace. Well, I grew up in Oklahoma uh, in in the Cherokee Nation, and I'm I'm part Cherokee, and I've always lived in a place where there's a sovereign government that coexists on top of the, the United States government. And so it's really interesting to me, and I've always thought that, you know, if everything hits the fan someday, there are these small governments that are fully functioning, and they have their own uh, jails and hospitals and schools and police, and they would keep going. Uh, even if the larger government failed, there's lots of smaller sovereign governments. You also predict that however many years in the future this is, we're still going to have American troops in Afghanistan. That was kind of <laughs> yeah. depressing. Well, yeah, that's a little depressing, but you know, mainly that was a way for me to uh, experiment with talking about humanoid robots that are patrolling in uh, in a, a foreign uh, militarized zone. What, what would you have a robot do for you? Uh, you know, I'll I'll take whatever robots can do. I mean, a lot of a lot of artificial intelligence exists exists embedded in the th- everyday things that we use. So sure. analog brakes, uh, stuff like just figuring out where to put things at on uh, grocery store shelves. All that stuff is is AI, so we're really surrounded by it all the time. I mean, luckily you're a roboticist, so many of the things in here, although they're clearly not realistic at this moment. They're kind of believable. I mean, the way that the, the problem gets started, I won't give it away, but the way that the main bad guy, the Hal sort of computer in this novel, begins his 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 quest to destroy mankind, it's kind of believable how that error occurred. Yeah, most of this book takes place in a near future where there's nothing more complicated than um, cars that can drive themselves, which Google already has, you know, yeah. and, uh, and humanoid robots that are kind of crummy, but... If you're wealthy, you can buy one and it can go up the street and get you an ice cream cone, that kind of thing. So, you know, the book is really grounded in uh, our day-to-day reality. There are no robot armies that come from outer space. I mean, in fact, there's really no science fiction until you get over halfway through the book. And you ever see that really movie Brazil? In. Terry Gilliam's movie? Of course, movie? Yeah. yeah. So it's more like Brazil. It's, like, it's sort of like low-tech meets high-tech meets this sort of dystopian near future. Yeah, I mean, whenever you want to have a commentary, it helps to start from a familiar place. Daniel Wilson is the author of the book Robopocalypse, the first book on our summer book list. Do you have a couple of suggestions for the reading over the summer? Uh, I like Ready Player One by Ernie Klein. Nice. That's, that's my favorite read so far this summer. And you can get more from Daniel uh, at our website. He's made a blog post about writing Robopocalypse and dreaming about robots. That's at thetakeaway.org. Our summer book club series continues all summer long. You'll hear choices by takeaway producers. I'll give you my picks next month. Celeste gives you hers in August. We want you to tell us yours as well. Jennifer in New York tweets Domestic Violets by Matthew Norman. So good. Makes you want to both quit writing and take up writing full time at the same time. Hmm. Naomi in London tweets to us, what about books you loved as a kid? Mine, The Dark is Rising by Susan Cooper. That's a whole series. Tell us what is keeping you cool this summer. Tweet us, too, by adding the hashtag TakeawayReads or just call us with your suggestion, your titles. Even uh, read a selection if you want. 877-8-MY-TAKE. I'm John Hockenberry. And I'm Celeste Headley. This is The Takeaway.
a lot going on right now. Mounting economic inequality, threats to democracy, environmental disaster, the sour stench of chaos in the air. I'm Brooke Gladstone, host of WNYC's On the Media. Want to understand the reasons and the meanings of the narratives that led us here? And maybe how to head them off at the pass? That's On the Media's specialty. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>